0: Welcome to musings of a middle-aged man. I am your host, David Olson, author of this middle-aged musing. War, huh? Good God, what is it good for absolutely nothing? Listen to me. Oh, war, I despise cause it means destruction of innocent lives. War means tears to thousands of mothers' eyes when their sons go to fight and lose their lives. Edwin Starr. When I was an impressionable young lad, I watched war movies with my father. His enthusiasm was contagious and I grew very fond of the genre. Even imaging myself entering the military when I came of age. We watched the classics, Guns of Navarone, Bridge on the River Kwai, Kelly's Heroes, Patton, The Longest Day, repeatedly and they are, to this day, movies that grab my attention more than anything from a sense of nostalgia and connection with my departed father. Today, though, I see them from a very different perspective every war when it comes, or before it comes, is represented not as a war but as an act of self-defense against a homicidal maniac. Tilda George Orwell. The movie, The Green Berets, had a scene that sticks with me to this day. A small troop is marching when one of the soldiers is swooped up and impaled on a wall of punji sticks. Instead of pulling him down and burying him, John Wayne orders the group to keep on moving leaving his bloody body on the wall to be consumed as carrion. It was one of the more graphic scenes of the era, A mere flesh wound when compared to the graphic modern movies. Battle is the most magnificent competition in which a human being can indulge. It brings out all that is best, it removes all that is base. Tilda George S. Patton. Virtually all the movies glorified war, focused on heroism, placed the brave Americans on a pedestal, Christ-like, a beacon of light in a dark world, heroes saving the world from evil enemies, the most heroic by self-sacrificing to save their friends and the enemies were evil through and through devoid of any redeeming qualities. We further elevated ourselves by portraying the US saving the world despite the muddling of our allies. It, war, is always an evil, never a good. We will not learn how to live together in peace by killing each other's children. Tilda, Jimmy Carter. The movie sanitized war to make it more palatable to the audiences. Death came via a single bullet giving the dying hero a few moments to speak inspirational words before breathing stopped and the eyes closed, and they always closed to signal final death. If the actor was not famous, he was simply a corpse laying on the ground sans blood. Body fragments were never shown. Nor did the movie creators show faces blown off, mention the stench of burning human flesh. They did not allude to the rats feasting on decaying human bodies in trenches. The possibility of atrocities committed by us, the good guys, was never broached. There has been no war without atrocity. War is atrocity, pure and simple, only greed, nationalism, and faith help us pretend otherwise. Tilda Michael Marshall. I understand why they sanitized the movies. Those in power needed propaganda to drum up support for World War II to help people continue with the hardships back home. Many of the movies came out in the 60s, after the debacle in Korea, in an era with increasing unpopularity of Vietnam and they needed the half-truths and outright lies to justify their actions. What better way than resurrecting the popular World War II and appealing to patriotism to brainwash the growing numbers of detractors, to turn the pro-war side against the anti-war faction. They could sanitize the movies because our recent wars were fought on foreign lands. Most Americans did not have first-hand war experience so were isolated from the reality of senseless death and destruction, easily brainwashed to see war as glorious. And, the preponderance of Americans, unless they were Japanese-Americans, had no concept of the horrid life stuck in a prison camp. Vietnam was the first war ever fought without any censorship. Without censorship, things can get terribly confused in the public mind. Tilda William Westmoreland The war theme has threaded its way through my life connecting some of those earliest memories with my dad to my present thinking. In grammar school, when libraries were still a centerpiece of society, I would scour the shelves in the war section reading war books such as The Sands of Iwo Jima. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. Tilda George Orwell. I took a history of World War II elective in university by which time my view on war had significantly diverged from my father's. This path not taken started with the nightly coverage of Vietnam in the early 70s. A war my father supported and I inherently felt was immoral even in my early teens. We diverged politically over Vietnam and never again walked parallel paths. he, a Korean era veteran, could never imagine government lying or working against the people. While to this day, I cannot imagine any government operating with integrity. I respect the soldiers, but would rather piss on the graves of the politicians. I hate war as only a soldier who has lived it can only as one who has seen its brutality, its stupidity. Tilda Dwight D. Eisenhower, I still watch war movies. Platoon mesmerized me, drove me to tears. For about 10 minutes after the end of the movie, I could not physically move. I read war books, mostly first-person Vietnam War era books or, as the Vietnamese refer to it, the American War. For them, it was a fight for liberation from oppression the exact same as the Revolutionary War Americans fought because they could not stomach living under the tyranny of the English crown. We are not a country adept at seeing from perspectives other than our own selfish interests. Every gun that is made, every warship launched, every rocket fired signifies, in the final sense, a theft from those who hunger and are not fed, those who are cold and are not clothed. Tilda Dwight D. Eisenhower I look for books written from a non-U.S. centric perspective from authors around the world, translated works not originally penned in English. They provide a different perspective yet still conclude the same as many modern era books that there is no such thing as a good war. This year I read, for Whom the Bell Tolls by Ernest Hemingway, The Sorrow of War, a novel of North Vietnam by Bao Ninh, and She Weeps Each Time You're Born by Quanberry. Each book was terrifying in its own way. Each angered me to greater degrees. Anger primarily targeting the damn politicians who continue to send our youth to their destruction while they sit fat and smarmy on their lard asses, pontificating about sacrificing for the greater good while they make financial killings through their industry cronies supplying the war machine at inflated prices. War is like crack for presidents. It confers instant gravitas, catapulting them to respectability, bypassing all station stops. They get to make macho pronouncements on a topic where every utterance is seen as August. Tilda Ann Coulter. I have come to believe the only politicians who should be allowed to vote for taking my country to war are those that have experienced battle, have experienced comrades dying in their arms. This rules out the political cowards and those with financial means that opted for the safety of the National Guard unless they were in actual combat and had to duck flying bullets and shrapnel. The soldier above all others prays for peace, for it is the soldier who must suffer and bear the deepest wounds and scars of war. Tilda Douglas MacArthur. Simply, if you have not served you don't vote to commit troops. Let only those that lived in hell vote on sending our young and brave into hell. This would help stop those aggrandizing and schlepping for votes from entering a war out of political expediency. The masters of war would be castrated. The young should not die because politicians failed through diplomatic channels. It's the only way I can envision the insanity stopping. War is an admission of failure. Tilda K. J. Parker. With my dad and I at loggerheads over the US involvement in wars, it became the expedient option to avoid the emotional topic. We still needed to bond, so our movie watching kept to the genre he lovingly called shoot 'em ups, westerns, action movies, guns, weapons. It is impossible to go wrong watching any movie with Clint Eastwood as the hero.